You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Bill Cates. He's an entrepreneur that has sold two seven-figure businesses. He's a speaker, he's an author, and he's actually climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. So really interesting. Um, (laughs) He has a new book that he's just released not long ago. It's called Radical Relevance. That's going to tie back to this episode. But before we dig into that, welcome to the show, Bill. Hey, great to be with you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Congrats on all your success. Sounds like you've had a great business career. Sounds like you're, you're an adventurer, right? You, hire, you, you climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. What, a couple other adventurous things you've done. I know you've done some uh, other things. Yeah, I'd, I'd camped to, uh, in the Arctic Circle. Done a lot of cold weather camping. It just worked out that way. I trekked to the Himalayas. I lived on a houseboat in Kashmir, India. And I toured the country as a drummer in a rock and roll band uh, quite some time ago. That was probably the most dangerous of all the things I've done. <laughs> in the U.S.? <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, in the U.S., mostly East Coast, a little bit of Midwest. Very, how long ago was that? I was a long time ago. That, <laughs> okay. was, in, that was in the mid, <laughs> mid-70s. Mid-70s, Yeah, gotcha. long hair, the whole thing. And you were a rock band? A rock and roll drummer, yes, sir. Nice, awesome. You still play drums? <laughs> I play a little bit. I got them set up. Uh, you know, it's one of those things kind of hard to play on your own you know, without yeah. other musicians, but not when my wife's home. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, that, sure. I blow off stress and steam sometimes when she goes out, and then I bang, bang away. Perfect. Well, hey, listen, you just released a book called Radical Relevance, and I have not had the opportunity to read it yet. But before we hit record, I told you I'm definitely going to read it. And I think that the concept of your book is fantastic. And so give us, you know, give us a 30 second, one minute infomercial on the book. And then just to tease everybody today, just to give you a sense of what we're going to dive into and why you want to stick around. That is, we're going to talk about how to use Radical Relevance to get more clients, okay? Because while right. relevance might seem obvious, right, in some, in some respects, there's a mm-hmm. lot of things that you need to understand and know about being relevant today, right? The modern right. version of that, because there's a lot of things going on. So t- pull that apart a little bit for us about the book, and then we'll dive into this concept. Yeah, so Radical Relevance is pretty simple in the sense of, We live in a radically relevant world. What I mean by that is, you know, with big data, with the micro-targeting, with all the different ways that different types of businesses can find out about who they're marketing to, they're tailoring everything, right? Everything gets tailored to them. In fact, what's happened because of that is we live in a world where we expect that. We expect people reaching out to us to know a little something about us before they do that. I mean, if you had someone reach out to you with an email or a phone call and you know they have no clue what you really do, and so you ignore it. You just move on very quickly. And so it's incumbent upon us to, to drill down and go deeper and be very crystal clear with our message. And, and the, the narrower in focus we go, really, to the bullseye, the more effective. 
Got it. Cool. Okay. So narrow versus broad, right? I mean, yes, obviously absolutely. when you're, when you're trying to be relevant and, and relevance, you know, one of the things about relevance that, that I think about is that, you know, a lot of times people, when they talk about this concept of relevance, you know, they, they misunderstand and they, 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 they think more in terms of what's relevant to them, right? Mm-hmm. Or that intersection between me and you when it's really not that it's really all about you. Yeah, it's it's about the prospect, it's about the client. It's it's you know, they're the hero, right? You look at most websites and the way most people talk about their business, it's just here I am, here's what I do, look at me, we've won this award, we've done this. And and I'm not saying that doesn't come to play at a certain point in time when you're building credibility, but the bottom line is first thing you have to do when you message your value to anyone is display empathy that you understand their situation, you understand their pains, their aspirations. And the more you narrow your market to uh, you know, a very specific target market and then get even narrower to the bullseye of your right fit client, who you're really trying to attract, then your messaging becomes more effective, more powerful. It'll resonate with them. It'll speak to them. And they go, ah, this person has a sense of me. You know, I will listen to a little bit more. They have now earned the right to a little bit of my precious time because they have a sense of who I am. They've done their homework. Got it. All right. So before we unpack that further, Let's mm-hmm. take a step back and talk about your business. So your business today, obviously you're an author, right? You sell books. Obviously mm-hmm. you're a speaker. You do speaking. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the other parts of your business. What other moving parts are there? And sure. The, how does the that two work? other main moving parts. And number one, we have, I do a lot of consulting, uh, helping folks with their messaging. A big part of my business is helping businesses grow through referrals and introductions. My first four books were on that whole topic of referrals and introductions. And you know how, how do you how do you expand your revenue, increase your revenue without increasing your marketing budget? Well, it's by leveraging the great relationships you already have through referrals and introductions. And so that's a big part. What I, what I do is, is the consulting and coaching on that. And then we have online training programs, video-based online training is a big part of what we deliver as well. So we interface in a lot of different ways with our clients to bring value to them. Cool. Awesome. I love it. All right. And referrals, I know I, that's kind of where I knew you from originally. Mm-hmm. And we're mm-hmm. going to try to tie that in a little bit with this whole yeah. radical relevance piece. But before we do that, let me ask you an interesting question. And this is totally right. off topic, but it, I, I, I'd love to get your <laughs> feedback, okay? Sure. And that is, if you could pick any business superpower, right? Something you consider to be a superpower in business, probably mm. something that somebody else has that you wish you had, what would it be? Well, it's funny you say that because I this weekend I watched the the rerun of the movie What Women Want with Mel Gibson, and it was like perfect, right? It's and it's perfect to the topic of relevance, right? Because what would I in business? What would I really want to know? I want to know what the other person's thinking, so that we can provide a relevant message to them, and and not to manipulate them in any negative way, but to just give them what they want and to solve their problems and help them be successful, right? So. Yeah, the ability to mind read, I guess, with prospects and clients. Because, you know, sometimes clients or prospects, I should say, give us no's disguised as maybes, right? They say, yeah, we're interested. And really, they're just kind of putting us off. And so that ability to cut to the chase and get down to what's most important would probably be the superpower I would love in in business. Great movie. Loved it. Mel Gibson hit it out of the park with that. It was hysterical. And I I think that would be like the ultimate superpower, right? That would be the ultimate superpower. Now he could only read women, right? He couldn't read men, but still there's, I mean, I mean, the whole concept is scary. Yeah. (laughs) And and he was freaked out by it and rightfully so, but we won't get into that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank, thank you for that feedback. 
All right, great. So let's dive into this whole concept of leveraging radical relevance Mm -hmm. to get more clients. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, you wrote this book and it's probably, how many pages is it? 300, 400? Uh, No, it's less than that. It's about uh, 220, I think. All right. So we got 220 pages of content of which we're going to try to cherry pick some content over the next (laughs) 15 minutes or so. So obviously you can't share everything, but, but give us, try to give us, number one, give us a little bit good understanding of what you mm-hmm. mean by radical relevance. Yep. You started on that. And then how we might be able to use radical relevance to try to break through the noise and get some new clients. Yes. Give us some, give us some, you know, start with a little bit higher level and then move us into some strategies. And yeah. And, and that's what the book does. We start with principles and then we go to strategies and then we go to tactics. Perfect. And, Perfect. And that's really what you want to do when you're thinking about your messaging. So one of the things in the book we talk about is this idea of what is your value proposition? And a lot of people, when they think of the, the words value proposition, they equate that with elevator pitch or some short way to talk about your value. And we do need that. We do need to talk some, have some various ways to talk about our value that are very concise. But a value proposition really is more than that. A value proposition is a sum total of all the value that you bring to the brand new prospect when you meet them, whether it's on the internet or a phone call or in person to becoming a, a customer or a client and throughout the relationship. And one of the things that things I do with my clients is we get everybody together, the team together, and we enumerate all those points of value, all the questions we ask, all the things we teach, the responsive service, all the places we provide value. And that becomes the value proposition. It gets everybody excited about the value, right? It gets everybody on the same page with the value. And then from there, we take that and we actually talk to some of our clients. One of the principles of the book, I have 17 principles of radical relevance, and one of them is Give your clients a seat at the table. And what I mean by that is don't develop messaging. Don't develop products or services. Don't develop anything without talking to some clients because you're going to hear some great stuff from them and you're going to hear some things where maybe you're off base and they're going to help you uh, self-correct a little bit in that. And so then you take that and then from that, that incredible value proposition, then you draw your messaging and how you talk about your, your value to other people. So that's, 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 that's kind of a big overarching you know, making sure you fully understand and appreciate and everyone in your firm understands and appreciates the value. We have a chapter, uh, chapter three is on the neuroscience of relevance. And uh, gosh, there's so much we could talk about there, but let me give you a simple thing that'll guide your messaging and marketing and and selling. Perfect. Uh, So the brain, you know, we know the main purpose of the brain is to keep the organism alive. It's trying to actually conserve energy, spend fewer calories and keep, keep the body safe. And so Six times a second, the brain is going, where am I? Am I safe? Where am I? Am I safe? Which is not unlike saying, should I pay attention to that? Is it relevant? Should I not pay attention? It's not relevant, right? It's the same basic thing. And then three times a second, it's going, you know, is there an opportunity? Is there something I can do here? So the the brain likes to take action, but not unless it feels safe. And so when we talk about the value that we bring to clients, we've got to make sure that, first of all, we display empathy for their situation, their challenges their words. Empathy is huge in sales and marketing. And so by targeting and by narrowing our focus, we can understand and learn that much easier and have more effective messaging. And then once they feel that we have a sense of them and their challenge, then we can talk about what they aspire to. Then we can talk about the opportunities that we can help them. But we usually lead with, here's the challenge. We understand that. Here's a way to fix that. We are a person who can help you with that. Um, so we have to, we have to, to lead kind of with a, what's the challenge first and then move to the opportunity. And the, you know, the fear of loss, if you will, 
is about twice the emotional reaction to the, to the prospect of gain. And so we have to deal with the fear of loss before we have to deal with the prospect of gain. So there's some of the principles and things we talk about in the book that, that can impact our messaging on a, on a strategic and tactical level. So for example, I mean, so every, let's say, buyer's persona or target mm-hmm. that you're going after has mm-hmm. different, a different empathy point, right? They have a different sure. set of things that you're focused on. So it's not right. a blanket. You're customizing those, that empathy towards that specific audience. And then obviously, the secondary part of it was you tied it to the value, did you say? Or you, how did you, what, what was the second part of that? Well, well it's it, by knowing your market and knowing your persona, that allows you to be able to create that targeted empathy. And if you're doing, you know, in a B2B sale where you may have multiple contact points, different people in different roles in an organization, they're, you know, how you talk about their issues and their challenges and their opportunities will be different, right? right? So in, in going after a large account, you may have two or three or four main personas of people that you're trying to, to build that relationship with, and they all have different issues, and they all have two levels of issues. And what I mean by that in a B2B sales, you have what the company's trying to do, what the organization is trying to do, the organizational problems, the organizational opportunities, but then you have the individual, right? You have the individual challenges, you have the in- individual opportunities. So actually in a B2B sale, you have two different places where you have to display empathy and understanding for their world and then be able to provide solutions. But because you know that, you bring a knowingness to the situation that a lot of people don't think that way won't be able to bring. Yeah, and the only way you can gather that type of market or sales intelligence or whatever you want to call it, so that intelligence yep. is to have conversations with those people. You can't hypothecate, right? I mean, you have, to, you have to have those conversations, whether they be existing customers that will be very transparent and open with you or whether they be potential prospects or stakeholders or just yeah, you know, I, people that I, are in I, that. I think the answer is, is yes, you do need to talk with You can, over time, you can start to make some assumptions. So if you target a specific industry, where you know there's a lot of common denominators with, with all of the folks in that industry, you can start to make a few assumptions. And with that said, whenever you do step into a conversation with someone, you want to check that assumption out, right? So I might say, you know, I found that most businesses in this industry have a challenge with this, right? With X, you know, is that true for you? And if it is true for them, they're going to say, well, yeah, actually, and like, how does that show up? Well, you know, what, what's, you know, you know, what, what does it mean to your organization? How is it impacting the organization? And even if they don't have that challenge, by you understanding that that's going on in the industry and most companies like theirs do have it, they still get that feeling, that sense that you know their industry and you know their world, where someone who's more of a generalist who isn't targeting their industry wouldn't even know to ask that question in the first place. Yeah, it's really interesting because I don't know who said it, but it was something that I heard recently and it, and it makes total sense particularly as it relates to sales, right? With going out and getting clients and it, and it, mm-hmm. and it, when something like this, the salesperson who is the most educated, not about sales, but about who their customers are and the mm-hmm. challenges that they face is usually the guy who wins the race, right? That's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's a big part of what you're saying, you know, in regards to creating that relevance to be relevant, right? So, I mean, you need to understand what's relevant to them in order to be relevant, in order to be heard. Because once they realize or think that you understand them better than the next guy, you're going to get that extra opportunity or an opportunity. You're going to get a seat at the table at some point, hopefully, to try to, you know, to try to... uh, That's right. And it's on two levels. It's on a strategic level where we make the decisions of who our target market is and, and who we're trying to serve the best. And 
and what makes us different from our competitors. And that's kind of the strategic level. But then there's all this, also the tactical sales level where we get to research the actual person we're going to be reaching out to. We right. just don't research the company right. and the industry. We research the individual. And there's two basic types of research. There's cold research, which can be very valuable, which is looking them up on the internet, Googling their name, finding their their, that specific person's profile, LinkedIn profile or website, whatever. LinkedIn, even what they show you on Facebook, all of that. Yep. Uh, and then there's warm research, which you can only get from someone who knows them. So it could be your referral source. It could be another champion in that company that's introducing you to another potential champion. And so you get that warm information that you can't learn from the cold sources. And that can be sometimes the most powerful and effective uh, bits of information for you to, for you to know. Love it. Perfect. All right. So we talked about the value proposition. We talked about some of the neuroscience. What else? Well, I'd say one of the things is differentiation. And a lot of people struggle with differentiation. So one of the tenets in the book, one of the principles, the 17 principles is only differences that matter, matter. And so what do I mean by that? I mean that when you talk about what makes you different than other folks out there, it's hard to be unique, but you can be a little bit different and separate you better be talking about something that, that makes a difference for them, right? So let me give you an example. One of my clients is a bank uh, up in New England, and they created a list of their 19, what they call unique selling propositions, right? The things that they thought were unique about the bank that they could use in the sales process in some way. It was an internal document, but it yeah. was a, for discussion, right? And so I went through it, and I discovered only about four of them were really were unique. To, <laughs> yeah, well, not, no, not unique. We're tied to, <laughs> mattered. Tied to a benefit, right? Okay. So one of them was, we've been in business 127 years. Well, so what? I mean, right. how is that going to resonate with someone else? Well, if it's a young person, they might think, well, all right, old, stodgy, don't have you know, the, the latest tech and all of that. Right. So an older person, it might say, okay, stable, going to be in business, you know, here to stay. You don't know how it's right. going to resonate. So we always have to take the, the, what makes us a little bit different and then tie it to a very clear, specific benefit to that prospect or client. Otherwise, we're, we're hoping that they'll figure it out themselves. And so when we talk about what makes us different, let's talk about it in a way that really matters to those people. And then it can make a difference, right? Otherwise, differentiation can attract attention. But if it doesn't really matter to those people, it, it, you know, you'll lose their attention very quickly. Yeah. And I've quoted this before. I think it was Sally Hogshead who said, mm. different is better than better. And I and you know that really resonated with me because in a, in a, I came from a B two B service industry that was the logistics industry, right? So it's very competitive. It's you know you win and lose business on pennies and nickels and dollars on the mile, right? Very very tight, low margins, high volume business. And one of the things that's really it was always really hard to be better in that business because mm-hmm. you know pricing the delta between service was not huge, right? It wasn't it wasn't right. major. And pricing was all really close. So one of the things that we did that made us different, while we always tried to focus on having a better customer experience and, and all of that, what we did to be different was the way we approached and marketed ourselves. So we differentiated ourselves, not necessarily, we, we couldn't figure out a way to differentiate the service as much. So we differentiated our approach. And that's where LinkedIn came in, right? Because back then, 10 years ago, not a lot of people were using LinkedIn for, you know, for developing relationships and for prospecting in B2B. So that was a big part. And so I tell people now, especially if you're in a really highly commoditized business where it's, where it is harder to show real true differentiation, right? Perfect mm-hmm. example, a banking industry is very hard to differentiate because they're all offering pretty much the same services, right? That's the reason why that 16 bullet list went down to four. 
So <laughs> what I did was I figured out a way to differentiate the way that the way they discovered us and the way that they perceived us because rather than us cold calling every one of those companies and sounding just like everybody else, we approached them from a totally different angle and that resonated. So I mean, I just wanted to point that out because I think, you know, that that was an interesting differentiation right. of how you right. mentioned that. So in terms of Sally's quote, you know, different is better than better. Well, yeah, as long as that difference matters to those people. Yes. Difference. So one thing the bank did do that really was different and how other businesses can differentiate themselves is through the process of getting to know the clients or the customers and then being able to recommend the right product solution and stay in touch with them in a way that's more relevant to them. So they have this six-point review that they do with their customers on a regular basis that really becomes very transparent and makes sure that there's fluid communication at all times. And by doing that, by taking that time out and working on the relationship every so often, that distinguishes them in the marketplace. They, it actually builds the relationship. And we know that people do business with people they like. All things being equal, people do business with people they like. All things not being equal, like price, people still do business with people they like, to a degree, of course. But I mean, has anybody ever paid a little more for a product or service because they like those people? The answer of course. is yes. Yeah, for right? sure. And so that's another way we differentiate with how we stay in touch with our customers and how we get to know them deeper then, you know, some commodity businesses, they don't really truly get to know their customers. They just take the order, they ship the order, that's it. And so there, there are lots of ways to create this differentiation that works. No, that's great. So we talked about value proposition. We talked about yep. some of the neuroscience. We talked about differentiation. And I know the book has tons of other, you know, <laughs> yeah. tons of other content, tons of other ideas and strategies mm -hmm. and even tactics mm -hmm. in it. We won't be able to dive into that today. Is there anything else you want to add about this specific piece? I have a couple more questions and then we'll wrap it up for today. Yeah, I, it, the, the last, the fourth section in the book talks about creating action, getting people to actually move forward on our request, whether we're asking them to answer our email or return a phone call or whatever it is, whatever call to action it is. And I'll tell you, probably one of the most important elements in all of that is clarity. And there's two types of clarity that will create that emotional response and help us do business with folks is, first of all, clarity of their own situation, clarity of where they are, clarity of where they want to be related to the work that you do. Because we know that a confused mind will not take action. So if your clients are confused about their own situation, uh, where they are, where they want to be, right, then I don't care what solution you bring to what problem, if it isn't crystal clear on where they are and where they want to be, they won't take action. Second of all, the other part of clarity is clarity on how to work with you, how to move forward with you. You can't make them guess. You have to say, here's step one, here's step two, here's step three. This is what it looks like for us to do our best work for you. So they have a, a visual image of what those steps are. So that, that whole notion of clarity, I mean, you know, when, when we're confused just in our own lives about an issue with another person or whatever, as soon as someone asks us some questions, as soon as we gain clarity, we see it differently. And what will we do? We'll take action. And that person that helped us gain that clarity, man, that's a valuable person. And so that whole idea of clarity is just a tremendous way to bring value and to get people to take, to take the next action, whatever it is we ask of them. Yeah, I love it. There's a tweetable right there, right? A confused mm -hmm. mind will not take action, right? So I like that. I like that a lot. All right, great. So let me ask you a couple of questions before we wrap up. Number one yeah. is, What's your favorite growth tool or software or app, something you're using to grow your business that you, that you use all the time and you think is really valuable? Oh boy, lots of different things I use. 
Just pick well, one. The one the, the one that comes to mind is usually the one that's that's the go-to. Yeah, so I mean, you know, this isn't anything new, but but I I've become a real fan of podcasts. I mean, here we're on a podcast and I I I use Podcast Addict. There's a lot of different podcasts, but here's what it's done for me, right? First of all, I grow and I learn and I get great ideas, but it also keeps me in the gym longer. So when I'm listening to some really good podcasts, if I'm looking to listen to some good programs, I will stay in the gym. I will stay on the treadmill, on the, on the stair climber, on the, on the rowing machine. And so there's like a double win there. It's a win for my mind and a win for my body. Perfect. So it's, you know, it's and, a great and, thing. And besides your book, Radical Relevance, we're going to let mm-hmm. everybody know how they can get, can get that. What's yep. a book that you would recommend to the audience? Maybe something that you, has helped you along your journey or you would just highly recommend? Yeah, I'll, I'll actually recommend a book that I feature in my book. There's a chapter kind of devoted to it. And I, I mentioned it earlier, Donald Miller uh, wrote a great book called Building Your Story Brand. And his thing is all about clarity of message. So you'll see some, some overlap with what we do. And we go a little further and deeper in certain ways that he does, but it's still a great book. And so we use that book to formulate some of our messaging for our business. And the two books actually work quite well together. Love it. Perfect. Well, listen, let everybody know how they can get a copy of your book, uh, Radical mm-hmm. Relevance, how they yep. can connect with you on social or wherever you want to send them, your yep. website, and we'll wrap it up for today. Yeah, sure. First of all, um, for the book, you can go to RadicalRelevanceBook.com, RadicalRelevanceBook.com, or just go to Amazon and type in Radical Relevance. There is one other book with that title, but it's for the association industry. You'll see mine. It's a little different. And then uh, we have a report, actually, for your, for your listeners, if they're interested in in creating exponential growth for their business through the messages we're talking about here, through multiplying your best clients or customers and having the right message. And that's at uh, www.exponentialgrowthguide, exponentialgrowthguide.com. And, you know, you Google me, I own the first three pages. You put me into LinkedIn, I'll show up. Uh, Bill Gates, not Bill Gates, we wish, uh, <laughs> but Bill Gates with a C. Love it. Listen, I'll make sure I include all those links in the show notes. Really appreciate you being here, Bill. Have an awesome day, and I'm sure we'll chat again soon. You too. Thank you. Thanks. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now, and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.